we are on this new series. Anybody knows what the name of the series is? Heart series, right? Uh, and we are talking about how God is so interested in what happens in our heart, right? Uh, and there's so much that's happening in our heart, right? There's so much uh, that we don't know. Only when somebody cuts us through in the traffic do we really, <laughs> you know, do we really find what's really there in our heart. But praise be to God that, you know, we have, we have a God who is interested in what's happening in our hearts, and he has the power to heal us. Okay, so turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Okay, what does it say? Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. From it flows, flows the springs of life. Guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. It's a wellspring of life. So today's title is, How to Guard Your Heart. Last week, we were talking about offense and how offense can stop the word of God to take root in your life. And because, if the, wo and because the word of God cannot take root in your life, you know, you're not fruitful. Today we are going to talk about how to guard your heart because guarding your heart is so important. If you don't guard your heart, guess what? Life stops flowing. Like Just like your physical heart is pumping blood to your entire body. There's a spiritual heart that is pumping life into you. When we have, you know, when, when there's clogging up of arteries in our heart, what happens is we struggle through a lot of issues. And finally, we, you know, we know that people have heart attack because of that. Similarly, similarly, a spiritual heart needs to be free of all these, you know, impurities like uh, offenses, like stress, like uh, anger, lust issues, you know, all of these things. So we need to learn how to guard our heart because unless we don't learn how to guard our heart, what is going to happen is we are, s we are stopping the supply of life, the life of God that is there in our lives. Okay, uh, Proverbs 27, 19. I'm going to read the NIV version. It says like this. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So if you really want to know what's really happening inside your heart, you just see, just, just take a moment, pause, and see what's happening in your life. Your life is a reflection of what's happening in your heart. See, that's why the heart is so important. God is so interested in transforming our hearts. God is so interested in, you know, in fixing these minute details of the heart. Right? Who else is interested? The devil is also interested. You know why? Because the devil knows if he can clog up your heart, he can destroy your life. If you have an unhealthy heart, no matter how good your body is, you will not survive. You know, I was, I was reading this article on how, you know, lately if you've seen the news on how many celebrities are, you know, dying at such a young age. And, and the article was about, you know, how these celebrities have a disciplined life, they exercise well, you know, ev you know they work out so much, they, they have a, such a healthy, fit body. But if you don't have a healthy heart, no matter what health, you know, no matter what physical fitness we are talking about, 
that unhealthy heart is going to bring toxicity into your body. If you and me don't know how to deal with stress, if you and me don't know how to deal with our anger issues, if you and me don't know how to deal with these heart issues that comes up again and again, again and again, no matter you exercise or not, and I'm not saying you should not exercise, okay? but what I'm saying is if you exercise or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to eat you up alive. The devil is going to eat you for lunch if you don't guard your heart. Okay, so today we are going to talk about how how can you guard your heart? Okay, uh, because the devil is very interested in what's happening in your heart, and uh, if if we can learn how to have a healthy heart, we can have a healthy life. It's as very simple as that. Okay, so before before we understand how to guard our heart, we have to understand how does the devil attack us? How does the devil attack our hearts? Now. The weapon that the devil uses time and time again is deception. What is it? Deception. You see in the Garden of Eden, you see in Luke chapter 4 when Jesus is being tempted all the time when the devil, you know, what he's using is deception. Deception is his greatest weapon. So when he's coming against us, he's basically using our own thoughts and emotions against us. It's not something that's coming external, you know, he's not bringing a knife to kill us. He's just using our own thoughts and emotions. And if we don't deal with those thoughts and emotions, what is going to happen is we're going to clog up our hearts. See, imagine this. You just ordered biryani from Biryani Blues, okay? You had half of it. The other half is just lying there on the table. You, you thought to yourself, you know what, I'll deal with it tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning comes, you have you know, your office to go, you go to office, you come back, you say, yeah, okay, I'll deal with it tomorrow morning. And days pass by, what happens? You know, it starts attracting unwanted guests. Right? It starts attracting roaches, it starts attracting flies, it starts attracting maggots. So what is trash? In essence, what is trash? Trash is anything that has been unattended for a very long period of time. And just like we have trash in our house, right? We try to cover it up when the guests come. Just like that, we have trash in our hearts and we try to cover it up with so many different things. We go to church, you know, we, we take sleeping pills, you know, we take pills for depression. There's so many things that we, we just try to numb it down, but unless we don't deal with them, what is going to happen is we're going to just get clogged up. So a lot of times in our hearts, there are so many trashes that has happened because of a traumatic experience or an unresolved emotion. You know, somebody hurt you, you felt, you know, you felt hurt and you, you really did not take time to process it and then you just suppressed it because that's the easy way out. That's the lazy way out. And we all do that. Right? And then it keeps building up, keeps building up, keeps building up. These unresolved experiences, tr trauma. And what the devil does is, the devil starts using that against us. Because just like trash, if it is unattended for a long time, it attracts maggots, flies, and roaches. Your unresolved emotions and thoughts attracts demons and the devil. And the devil stays there, he builds his entire fortress and he's attacking you and you and me are wondering why is this happening. 
and then we are blaming everybody else. We are blaming the pastor, we are blaming the prophet, we are blaming the neighbor, auntie, we are blaming everybody else. But instead figuring out the issue is much more internal. Can you relate with me on that? Or am I the only one? Okay. So this is what we call demonic oppression. See, a believer, here's the good news. A believer cannot be demon-possessed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in him. But he can be demon-oppressed. He can be oppressed. How can he be oppressed? It's through these emotions and thoughts that remains unresolved for a very long period of time. So let me give you an example. You know, once back in uh, 2014 or 15, I believe, I was on a mission trip with, with a band, and you know we were traveling to Nagpur from Delhi, and we were in the forest, and we were sitting in this van, huge van, and this driver was driving really fast. And the roads were curved, okay? And what happened was, because he was driving so fast, he miscalculated one of the curves, and the car and the van flipped. As the van flipped, I was sitting, in, sitting right behind. I could see my life flashing. <laughs> I remembered the Lord. I saw the white light. <laughs> okay? But thankfully, nothing happened. There was some damage to the van. Nothing happened. But what happened is, because of that experience, it was, it was traumatic because of that experience. Even now, there are times when I'm driving the car, and if I'm driving a little bit too much over the average, and if I see a curve, I'm suddenly reminded of that experience. Right? Do you have trigger, emotional triggers in your life? Like, you know, for example, somebody hurt you a certain way, and the moment somebody does anything closest to that, they don't, they haven't done it yet, but you've already predicted the outcome, and you're like, this person is going to hurt me. Come on, block him off. Do you feel that? Can I, can I tell you a secret? I never use the word, or never name, I at least try, okay? I'm very careful using the word prosperity in the church. Do you know why? Because prosperity is an emotional trigger to a lot of Christians. Because some people use the word in such a negative sense. Now, if I use the word prosperity, it's like, he's that, he's prosperity preacher, he's, he's asking for my money, he's here to, you know, steal me. You know, a lot of emotions, a lot of preconceived ideas. It's an emotional trigger. Right? And we have all of this all the time. So you know what? I am smart. So I don't use prosperity. I, I, I say stewardship. I say blessing. But you know prosperity, the word prosperity is there in the Bible so many times. We don't get offended when we're reading the Bible. But it feels very offensive when a preacher talks about prosperity. Like, oh, he's, he's out there for my money. Am I right or wrong? It's, it is a heart issue. It is really a heart issue that you know, has gone unattended for a long period of time that has not been resolved for a long period of time. And what the devil has done is he has built his nest over there and he is attacking us. This is how he attacks us. Okay? But how do we guard against such demonic oppression? That is what I want to talk to you about. How do we guard ourselves against such demonic oppression? Because these things happen almost all the time, you know, in, in the minute details of our lives. They keep on happening. People hurt us. There are circumstances that, you know, we expected uh, them to be in a certain way, but they turned out different. You know, there's, there are things that keeps on happening. So how do we guard ourselves against such demonic oppression? The first point is by recognizing 
the enemy and his tactics. Okay? So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, hey, I know that you got hurt by somebody, but he's not the problem. The problem is not external, the problem is internal. You're fighting an invisible enemy who's out there to get you. And how is this invisible enemy, the devil, how is he fighting? He's using our own thoughts and emotions against us. So he's saying, hey, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. This, this struggle that we have is not external. It's internal. It's right within us. This struggle is internal. And as long as we don't acknowledge that, we are constantly going to blame everybody else. He is bad. He is bad. He is bad. He is bad. He, you know, we're constantly going to blame people. You know, I'm just reminded... Uh, you know, when you're, when you're driving down the road and you see this one person who is driving the wrong side, right? To him, it feels like the entire world is driving the wrong side, right? But who is the one who is driving the wrong side? It's him. So we have to recognize that it's not the external struggle, it's not the people, it's not the flesh and blood, it's, it's more internal. The devil is using our own unresolved emotions and thoughts against us. And he's fighting. This Here is where the fight is happening. It's internal. Okay. So what's the first point? The first point is by recognizing the enemy and his tactics. So if we can take responsibility of this, you know what? This is my issue. Okay, yes, probably this person did this. But I have to recognize that this is my issue. If Jesus was in my place, would he be still blaming that person? Just ask yourself that. If Jesus was in my place, yes, what he did was unfair. What he did was wrong. But if Jesus was in my place, would he be still complaining about it like this? So this is my issue. This is an issue that I need to deal with. And the struggle is internal, where the devil is attacking me from the inside. Okay, that's the first point. The second one is, I think you might want to write this down. It says, don't build walls for self-preservation. Don't build walls. The verse that I have is Proverbs 18, 19. Proverbs 18, 19. It says, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. If you're offended, you are more stronger than a strong city, which will not yield. What does it mean? See, when somebody hurts us, when somebody offends us, we try to build walls. We try to build walls in effort to protect ourselves. Because we don't like hurt. How many of you love hurt? Huh? You like hurting. Nobody likes it, right? So when we get hurt, we build walls. What are these walls? These walls are simple principles, ideas, preconceived notions, stereotypes, you know. Uh, uh, they, they are just thoughts that we have built over, the, over time. And, and what happens is, we do it for self-preservation. We do it to not get hurt. But what happens is, instead of, it's, we think that it's guarding our heart. That's why we're building walls. We think that it's guarding our heart, but we're not guarding our hearts. What happens is, you know, you isolate yourself. That is what happens. 
you build these walls to guard yourself but what you're really doing is you're just isolating yourself and isolation is very harmful to all of us because we are called for relationships not just relationship with god but relationship with people that's why relationship with people is so hard because god is invisible right you can do anything that you want but with people it's like why doesn't this person get it man how many times should i ha do I have to tell them why do they behave like this so we build these walls for self preservation thinking that it will protect us it will guard us but what we are really doing is isolating ourselves and as we isolate ourselves the heart begins to get clogged up more and more let me give you an example there was a time when you know i was just beginning my business back in 2011 and uh, the business partner that i was doing business with he cheated me big time now the thing is i decided then and there you know what i'm never going to partner with anybody i'll do this on my own i'll be the ceo i'll i can do this on my own i don't need anybody to partner with and the thing is when you make such a decision just for self preservation it's going to harm you nobody else we are called for partnerships we are called for fellowships do you know that god does not do anything by himself he does not play solo do you know that anything that he has done on the earth in the bible he has always done with the partnership of a man always he does not like flying solo he he's a god of partnership you know why because he's a god of relationship even even when god was creating the entire universe it was not just one one person in the trinity who said you know what i have this idea i'm going to do this they were all three working together god the father god the son god the spirit they were all working together that's why god says let us create man in our own image we were created in them in their image their image meaning we are designed to be relational we are designed for fellowship we're designed for communion we're designed for community F flying solo doing things on our own is not god's plan god loves partnership so if you see there's sometimes you only receive a particular kind of blessing when people come into your life do you notice that because god loves fellowship god loves partnership there's some doors that opens up because of a connection there's a breakthrough that happens when you encounter a community do you know that because god god is a relational god he loves relationship so the heart functions more our spiritual heart functions more when it gets into relationship especially relationship with imperfect people your heart starts pumping more blood why because you need more resurrection power than anywhere else yeah forgiving the same people who hurt you right so overlooking offenses again and again again and again and still loving them okay so the, what's the second point don't build walls for self preservation don't build walls because if you build walls what you're going to do is you're just going to isolate ourselves you know why i i ask myself why do we behave like this why do we build walls why do we why do we behave like this the answer is we are all trying to escape pain we don't like pain 
and i read this somewhere you know pain is inevitable but misery is not we all want to escape pain and in the in the process of escaping pain we choose misery oh i feel so bad this is so but at least i avoided this pain so if you go through a heartbreak you know we we will get into a toxic relationship or porn or drugs or addiction or substance abuse all of this is just to escape pain it gives us temporary relief but it's not a long term solution it comes back it comes back to us again so let me encourage you okay this message is not about escaping pain because if you think about it pain is an indicator pain is not good or not bad pain is just an indicator what is pain just imagine you cut your you got a paper cut okay accidentally and imagine if you don't know how to experience pain what is going to happen you wouldn't even know that you've actually cut yourself so pain is an indicator that something is wrong and it needs restoration and healing so instead of instead of trying to escape pain how about we embrace pain and acknowledge it okay you know what something needs restoration and healing in my life instead of trying to avoid pain and be like oh you know what i'm not going to deal with these people i'm uh, you know this community has hurt me i'm not going to deal with them now instead of doing that how about we embrace it and say hey, you know what this is an indicator that something is something is locked up here how about i take it to the lord how about the holy spirit heals me okay so moving on the third point is let god guard our hearts see proverbs says guard your hearts right the thing is whenever we try to guard our hearts we we just use self righteousness we try our own efforts try our own methods we strive and you know we we create these walls of self righteousness around us and what these walls do is they don't really guard our hearts they just isolate us gives us the presumption or gives us this uh appearance that you are guarded you've built a huge wall around yourself huh with huge principle ideas and thoughts and and you you and you and me think that you know what now i'm protected but what we are doing is we're just using self righteousness to isolate ourselves not just from god but from people so what we have to learn is to let god guard our hearts you don't guard your heart let him guard our hearts turn with me to philippians 4 verse 7 and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus what is paul saying it's the peace of god which will guard your heart god has the power to guard your heart if you allow him to don't build walls instead be vulnerable and allow god to guard your heart another words ephesians chapter 6 ephesians 6 verse 14 says like this stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness what what are you supposed to do stand therefore this verse is this the context is talking about spiritual warfare talking about how to protect yourself against demonic attacks how to protect yourself against the devil and paul is saying your posture is stand therefore you stand your ground how do you stand your ground 
by fasting on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know a Roman soldier's breastplate was about 10 to 12 kilograms? So think about why a soldier would wear such a heavy breastplate. You know why? Because most of the attacks are majorly on your chest. Because your chest carries your heart. Most of the major blows in a, in a fight happens over here. This is the major portion of your armor, right? And it's the belt that holds it together. So breastplate is important. It's a piece of armor which, which protects your heart. And, and Paul is saying over here, what, armor sh what, what, is, what is the breastplate that you should wear? It's the breastplate of righteousness. This piece of armor takes the major blow of the attacks of the enemy. Understanding righteousness is important. We all know what is self-righteousness. What is self-righteousness? Self-righteousness is you trying to do it in your own idea. You trying to do it by yourself. Righteousness, understand right, righteousness is, righteousness and justification are two words come from the same root word, which means God setting things right. Do you have things in your life that are wrong? The righteousness of God can set things right. Justification is God's act of doing it. Righteousness is his nature. And you know what? In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. There is righteousness of God deposited in you. Anything that is wrong in your life, you have the power of God within you to make those things right. It's a free gift in the person of Jesus. When Jesus was dying on the cross, when he said it is finished, anything that is wrong, he has given you the power to set things right because you have the righteousness of God. We're not talking about the righteousness of Sam who is trying to you know, earn this righteousness. You can't earn this righteousness. It's a free gift. You can only humbly receive. Receive. Now think about it. Every time you go through a struggle, every time you go through a heart issue, can you ask God and trust God that he will guard your heart? Anything that is wrong, I, I can't do this by myself. Instead of building walls for self-preservation, can you trust God that he can set things right? How about this week? Every time you have, you have an issue with your friend, your colleague, your parents, every time you have an issue, instead of moving into your default in your, in, in your reflex action, trying to build walls for self-preservation, what if you just take a moment, pause, and say, Father, I believe in you. I believe in your righteousness that is in me that will set these things right. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm not going to strive to do this by myself. I'm not going to fix the situation. I am going to trust you that you have the power that you are going to come through in this situation. You allow God. You let the peace of God to guard your heart. You don't try to do this by yourself, but you let the peace of God guard your heart. Let God's righteousness become your breastplate. You know what? Whenever you try God's righteousness, your breastplate, the devil cannot, cannot move you into guilt and condemnation. Because you, you are like, hey, it's not mine. Look at what Jesus has done. Because the devil will try to say, hey, you're not good enough. Again, you got angry? Is this what a Christian is supposed to be like? Are you sure 
you're the son of God? Are you sure you're the daughter of God? You call yourself the child of God and you're still behaving like a five-year-old? What you say is, hey, not my righteousness. I receive this righteousness from God. It's a free gift. Look at the cross. Look at the finished work of Christ. Let God guard your heart. You know, the moment you do that, you're, you're basically breaking that entire cycle of habitual offense that has remained there for such a long time. The only way to, the <laughs> let me say this, the only way to heal sin and sickness in your life is forgiveness. You receive the forgiveness of God. Can I say this? A lot of times we are struggling because we really haven't learned to forgive ourselves. It's easy to forgive other people, at least on the outset, it looks like it. But we haven't learned to forgive ourselves. Today, can you trust the righteousness of God that comes to you as a free gift in the person of Jesus? Can you trust what he has done on the cross and he said it is finished, he actually meant it, it is finished. Anything that is wrong in your life, he can set those things right. Can you trust him? You know, how many times, how many times are you going to strive? You know what, I'm going to pray for 14 hours a week. You know, I'll try my best and get this relationship with right, right with God. But, and then you fail and then you feel guilty and then you are like, my goodness, what is happening, man? And the devil uses that guilt and condemnation against you, against you, you know, getting you far away from God in your mind because he knows he can't, he can't separate you from God because there's absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So what he can do is deceive you in your mind. Today are you going to stand your ground and say, not my righteousness, but the righteousness of God. Let the righteousness of God guard my heart. There is righteousness of God that is deposited in your spirit. Within your body there's a soul, within your soul, there's a spirit. And in the spirit, you have the righteousness of God. If you let it flow, anything that needs to be set right can be set right. Imagine with me this. You just bought a piece of land. And after you bought a huge piece of land, you got a confirmed information that there's a lot of gold in that land that you just bought. What are you going to do? You're going to dig. Now, just imagine, you, you, you were digging for an hour and you got tired. What are you going to do? Are you going to give up? Because you know that this is, this is an absolutely confirmed information, that there is gold in that land that you just bought. What are you going to do? You're not going to say, oh, you know what, pastor, I got tired. You're not going to say that. You're going to dig more. You're going to dig more dig more till you find that goal. And I'm saying, as you use these scriptures who reflect the spirit of God that is in you, that reflects the righteousness of God that is deposited in the very depth of you, keep digging till, the, till you see the righteousness of God and it starts flowing out of your heart and out, out in your life. Is it work? Yes, in, in a sense it looks like work, but don't you think it's worth it? Would you ever say, oh, you know what? I dug my land for like uh, three days straight and see what I found. Would you say that? 
you wouldn't even consider that a sacrifice. You would consider that as a great investment that you did because of the greater returns that you're receiving. So I know what I'm trying to tell you is difficult. And you know, this is a message uh, where I'm, I'm learning myself. You know, there are some messages that you, you know, God has taught you and you know, you, you're so great at it and you know, you, you can preach in such confidence. This is not one of those messages for me. I'm learning this myself, but this is so, so important. This is so important to the body of Christ for such a time as this where mental health and depression is such a big deal. And I'm saying the Bible is full of truths of that. Can we start talking about it? Can we start dealing with what's happening in our heart than covering it up with religiosity and saying, hey, everything is fine. You know, I walk by faith. I don't walk by sight. Everything is fine. No. Can we start acknowledging this? How do we guard our hearts? First, understanding the enemy and his tactics, that he is within and he's using our own emotions and thoughts. What's the second? Don't build walls. Don't try to guard your hearts because as long as you try to guard your hearts, it's going to act out in self-righteousness. Third, let God guard your hearts. Believe in him. The Bible says like this, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. He did not pray for 20 hours. He did not fast. He just believed God. He just took God for what he said. He took God for his word and he just believed in him and it was credited to him as righteousness. I'm telling you anything that needs to be set right in your life, believe God. Just believe God. That's the good news. Just believe God. So just close your eyes. Just take a moment. there's anything that you think has to be set right, believe, believe in the good Father. <laughs> the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Believe in the good Father. He will set things right. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you for your grace. Oh, we thank you for this gospel, this good news of Jesus. This good news of Jesus, it's because, not because of me, ha, it's because of Jesus. Not because of my efforts, but because of what Jesus has done. It is done. Everything that I'm striving for has been done, has been taken care of 2,000 years ago on the cross when Jesus said it is finished. And Father, we just receive it by faith. Are there things that I'm struggling with? Are there things that we are struggling with? Oh, yes. But Father, we believe in your goodness. We believe in your power of righteousness that will come through in our lives. We trust in you. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.